With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, everybody, welcome in. Thursday edition of Sharp Money is here, live from Las Vegas, South Point Sportsbook Studio. As we welcome you in, excited to have Mike Samich along today, pulling some double duty. Saw Mike on Lombardi Line earlier today. Mike joins us from the West Coast. I'm Ben Wilson here, in for Patrick Maher. Amal will be back tomorrow, but don't worry, we have Dustin Sweetelson back behind the glass. And Dustin, it is uh, cooler in the studio today, so don't worry, Mike. No tank top will be exposed there from, from our guy, uh, Uncle Rico, behind the glass. I am still sweating, though. Well, for other reasons. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. You should have, Mike, you should have seen, actually, you shouldn't have seen it, but you know, I had to see it. So I feel like you should have seen it. Good. Good to see you though. How you been? I'm doing well. I lost my AC this morning, so I'm going to be the one sweating. Don't worry. There's not a tank top under here. So we're not going to have a repeat of yesterday. There we go. As long as we, as long as you said those keywords, no repeat of yesterday. That is all uh, that really matters. Loaded guest list for us today. Going to start off with some college football. Connor O'Gara joins us in about a half hour from Saturday down South. Then we'll talk major league baseball after the angels decided they are sticking it out with their star. Shohei Otani will not be a deadline deal for some team in the MLB. Scott Miller, New York Times MLB columnist, joins us at 4 Eastern. Nick Kosmider from The Athletic talks some Denver Broncos for reasons we will explain in a couple minutes at 4.30 Eastern. We'll have Vinny Maligulo in studio here at the South Point, 5 o'clock from the South Point Sportsbook team. And then excited to have Dirk Cutter, the former NFL and college head coach on 5.30 Eastern, to talk a bunch of topics in CFB. I bring up the Denver Broncos, Mike, because we are in that time of year, first week of training camp. And we have some coaches now. Some of them don't like to say anything, but we like guys like Sean Payton because they give us some meat on the bone and we can fill an entire first 10 minutes of a show with. Earlier today, Sean Payton just uh, kind of leaves it all out there. No no, no holds barred as to what happened and what, what went wrong a season ago in Denver. And this was the quote, to one of many here, Mike, to Jared Bell of USA Today. The big one on Nathaniel Hackett and the job last year. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That is how bad it was. And there were 20 dirty hands. He talked about being in that room. So Peyton is basically putting it all out there. It's an interesting strategy to take, Mike, because this puts all the onus now firmly on Sean Payton as a head coach of Denver is going to achieve their off the expectations and immediately bounce back this year. Not shocked. He said something uh, surprised. He was this aggressive in what he said, but let's be honest here. 
There's no lies detected in that statement. Hackett was atrocious all last season for Denver. There were issues up and down in that organization. And now you have Sean Payton, a Hall of Fame level coach, coming in and getting the reins. You got to think this is also a good thing to hear if you're Russell Wilson as well. It's it's a pat on the back for him. It's saying, hey, this is my guy. I believe in him. I don't think he was the problem. I think it was the coaching staff that was the problem. And one of his quotes that he mentioned too was that they were 29th in the NFL in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. And that's a direct result of the coaching staff, which I again agree with Sean Payton here. He may have been a little bit harsh, but I don't think he was being dishonest in any of these statements. I completely agree. I mean, the numbers don't lie on what the issues were with Denver last year. I think the bigger thing is just I, I wonder if if this kind of came from Mike the fact that right as Sean Payton took the job, he was immediately grilled about his quarterback Russell Wilson and basically said, "Yeah, there's not there's not going to be any more of Russ having an office in the back and running things. Like I, I am running the ship here." I wonder if this was, like you say, kind of that almost that pseudo vote of confidence for his QB saying, look, I might've come in and been harsh right off the bat, but it was something I had to do, but you're my guy. And this is going to be how we, we move forward. We will be uh, very much in lockstep. It's just interesting because we will see the jets and Broncos face off this year, uh, which will be quite the, the interesting dynamic. And it's not, uh, not all that late in the year, either week five, I believe. Yeah, we get to see him face each other week five. Should be a blast to see what happens there because Sala obviously fires right back here with an interesting comment going at Peyton. But, but look, there wasn't an adult in the room in Denver last year. And that's why we had all these crazy stories coming out about Russell Wilson and the fact that he had an office and he had his whole posse that was inside that locker room, inside that or that facility consistently. Now you have an adult in the room in Sean Payton and he wanted to lay the smack down and say, Hey, this is my organization. I am taking charge. The buck stops with me. You didn't have that last year. Now you do have it this year. And then these second comments saying, Hey, we're going to do it. I believe in Russell Wilson. I think we can turn it around. And when you look at last year and some of the losses specifically early in the season for the Broncos, I mean, the one at Seattle obviously jumps out where they try an astronomically long field goal after paying Russell Wilson, $250 million and not going for it on fourth down. But there are other decisions throughout the year too, where the red zone calls were just atrocious, sending one wide receiver out on a deep post from the 20 on a play. You have to score a touchdown, basically telegraphing where that ball is going to both of the safeties, consistent play calling issues on the offensive side of the ball, the late play calls, everything kind of adds up from what Peyton is saying here. This Denver team has a chance to be good this year with a good head coach. And you have to look no further than the giants last year, where you had an atrocious head coach. If Dable come in, you saw the turnaround, you're getting the same scenario setting up here in Denver. I actually, yeah. And I think that's a totally uh, fair comp to make. I think the, even the better scenario to compare it to is what we saw in Jacksonville last year. You talk about adult in the room. I mean, Urban Meyer could not have been less of an adult in, in the 2021 season. Doug Peterson comes in. Jaguars were the one team that went first, uh, worst to first in that division a uh, season ago and are, are now big favorites entering 2023. Broncos, by the way, eight and a half on the win total as third choice favorites to come out of the AFC West. It won't be easy with the teams they are uh, playing against. I just wish, Mike, somebody had followed up and asked, oh, so you said one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, Sean. Could you please give us your uh, your top five? And if he did not mention Dan Devine in the 1974 Green Bay Packers, I would have been really, really disappointed. Or if like an honorable mention to Jim Greasy Tom Sula in San Francisco in 2015, I would have been like, Sean, your, your one comp is great with Hackett last year, but you're missing out on the other boat. So I wanted to know what, what his would have been, and I'm curious what your, your, your Mount Rushmore of worst coaching jobs would be there, Mike. I mean, look, the, the job in Jacksonville last year has to be up there. I think Hackett has to be there. I remember the season that the Browns were on hard knocks. I can't remember the coach's name, but oh man, was that an awful, awful job there in Cleveland as well. That just a train wreck of a coaching 
train train wreck to Hugh Jackson. There it is. There, that was a train wreck of a coaching job as well. There are some really, really bad ones in the NFL, and it's because it's a tough job. It is hard to lead that many men through the entire season while also managing the house and making sure you're getting the play calls in and making sure that you're keeping your staff in line and ready every single week, week in and week out. Not an easy job. You have to be the right person to be able to do it sure. right. I, I bring up the Dan Devine thing. He was a great uh, college coach at my alma mater, University of Missouri. Traded two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third-round pick for, Dustin might know this because he is amazing at Immaculate Grid every day, 34-year-old John Hoddle from the uh, L.A. Rams. So, Dustin just gave me a look like, John Hoddle? What? Yeah. That sounds a like a made-up, like, Madden name in, like, the year 2033. Yeah, so, Immaculate Grid, by the way, the other day, guys, it, there was a Packers-Rams uh, grid on there. John Hoddle would have been a great usage. I went with the immortal TJ Rubley, who played in one game for the Packers in 1995 through a terrible pick after audibling out of a third and two at the Viking 40 and immediately got released. So that was mine, Dustin. Point, uh, 0.2%, by the way. Dustin's not impressed. He needs more. He need, <laughs> what was your score on the, on the baseball uh, today? Today was 48. Yesterday was six. Jeez. But I'm not good at the other sports. That's the thing. I'll stare at the other sports for like an hour straight and just have no names. It's unfair. That's unfair. Uh, bottom line, Mike, eight and a half win total. Is that an over for you on uh, on Denver this year? I, I like the idea of, of the Denver over here. I'm not as sold on San Diego as a lot of other people. I, I think that the Kellen Moore move is going to help them, but I'm not sure it gets them to the point where they are able to really push for the division. I think you have a clear leader here in Kansas City. So for me, the play, if you're going to take Denver, I like the Denver, I like the Kansas City Denver exacta inside the division. You're getting sure. close to four to one on that for, for essentially Denver finishing second in Kansas City winning the division again this year. I like that play more than I like the win total specifically because if they eclipse that nine number you're getting minus 110 for taking the over you're getting close to four to one for them finishing second in the division much better payout and a very similar style bet just a different market sure and even just compare that to if you're going alt over nine and a half that's plus 175 at DraftKings. so you're getting a much bigger bang for your buck there since we're talking about assuming kansas city who is a big favorite minus 165 to win the afc west assuming they maintain their position on top of that division. You're getting uh, over a $2 of a better number. As far as that comp with a straight forecast, there. chiefs Broncos one, two. I, I do. I do like that. Look out of the AFC West. I, I actually, one of my favorite props this year, uh, Mike is on the chargers. I, I just, there's so much. I don't trust about LA from a standpoint of actually winning football games, like their head coach and Brandon Staley and their decisions, especially late in games, fourth downs, two minute, et cetera. But the Justin Herbert over 44, 15 and a half passing yards this is actually my favorite, favorite prop of any on the season long market, even though I'm usually not a guy who will go over on those season long markets simply because of how Justin Herbert was at nearly 4,800 last year, playing through torn rib cartilage and with an offensive coordinator in Joe Lombardi, who was basically straight out of the 1970s with, with just a little Chuck, uh, not to, not even Chuck, just checked down every single time. Didn't really allow Justin Herbert to, to cook. It was the fewest air yards of his career. So that's one of those weird things where I actually really believe in Herbert as a individual just got paid as well. But as a team, it's, there's so many scar tissue, so much scar tissue there, Mike, that it's hard to trust going forward. It really is. I, you, the head coach, you mentioned Staley. That's, that's an issue for me as well. You never really know what you're going to get. And then the injuries on both sides of the ball, this team has had consistently, you know, one injury, two injuries a year in a row. You're like, okay, well, you know, maybe that's just a fluke. You consistently see both of their starting wide receivers, uh, Keenan Allen and uh, Mike Jeff uh, and uh, Mike Williams get hurt 
year in and year mm-hmm. out. So now you have to wonder if Quentin Jefferson will be able to come in, pick up the slack there on the defensive side of the ball. You've had a ton of injuries the last two years for the Chargers as well. So it's it's can they stay healthy? I do love that look. Look, I expect Kellen Moore to spread it out and air it out. That's one of the reasons they took a wide receiver in the first round. He Herbert should be able to fly over that. 4,400 number again, talking AFC West because of the comments by Denver, Sean Payton, head coach, Sean Payton here to open the show. Uh, and by the way, uh, Dustin will bring this in here because Robert Sala, the Jets head coach. I mean, he heard it. Everybody heard it. And here's what he had to say earlier. I can acknowledge Sean on that is he, you know, he's been in the league a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants, but, uh, but as far as, you know, what we have going on here, that's, um, you know, the, I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. You know, it's uh, obviously we're doing something right. If you got to talk about us when we don't play you till week four and I'm good with it, you know, but uh, you know, the guys in our locker room, they, they've earned everything that's coming to them. Um, um, and really excited about what's going on. I think Hackett's doing a phenomenal job here. Him, the uh, coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job and, and we're focused on us. I get it. There's a lot of external noise. There's a lot of people who are hating on us. There's a lot of people looking for us to fail. There's a lot of crows pecking at our neck. Uh, but all you can do is spread your wings, keep flying high until those crows fall off and suffocate from the inability to breathe. It's a whole other analogy I'll get into later. Man, hard knocks. It's 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 really rubbing off on our guy Robert Sala. He's dropping bars over here at, at Jet Training Camp. I just really hope we get something on hard knocks, Mike, where we see Nathaniel Hackett watching Sean Payton's speech on TV. And just, I just want that organic reaction. Is that too much to ask for? Hard Knocks knocks? is going to be phenomenal. Cannot wait. New York Jets, your 2023 Hard Knocks team. We'll transition to the baseball next. Big race in the NL Cy Young. Two pitchers through last night. We'll discuss how those odds have changed right after this. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Want to get in on the fantasy action but sick of managing your roster? Sick of player injuries ending your season with Best Ball and DraftKings? You get the best of your team all season long. This year, Best Ball and DraftKings is bigger than ever with $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes up for grabs. For a limited time, you can join DraftKings' largest Best Ball contest ever and get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars as soon as the draft is finished. Act now before this offer expires. To start playing Best Ball, download the DraftKings app using code SHARP. Enter DraftKings Best Ball Millionaire Contest and snake draft your team for the season. Each week, you'll automatically rack up points from all your top scores. No ads, drops, trades, or I should have played them in Steads. Teams with the most points by the end of the season will have a shot to take home the $1 million top prize. So what are you waiting for? Head to the DraftKings app and sign up with code SHARP and start playing best ball today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. One per customer. Opt-in required to $10 entry fee. Bonus issued is 10 dk dollars Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void were prohibited. See DraftKings.com slash promotions for details. We're just getting underway. First hour of Sharp Money. Mike Samich with me. I'm Ben Wilson from Las Vegas. Time to talk some NL Cy Young, Mike, because we went into this yesterday with two of the top three candidates right now, and the odds would tell you this is basically a three-player race. We'll see if that is how it actually manifests down the stretch, but very underwhelming start for Zach Gallon. Mike, you should have seen Dustin Swedelson, like just, just going crazy in the studio as Gallon has given up moonshot after moonshot down the stretch. You had to be so excited, Dustin. But it doesn't matter. He's still the favorite. Which, not that's what I was going to say. Not only that, gets shelled, but goes from plus 225 yesterday now to two to one. Uh, at, at some books, DraftKings right now has pulled Gallon and Strider even at plus 230, but I, I had the same reaction as you, Dustin. Like, how does Gallon shorten after yesterday, especially when Strider strikes out 10? Shout out them all. Hit Strider's K prop uh, over eight and a half yesterday, over six and a third. It was a no decision, but a nine or more Ks each of the last six starts now for Strider. And uh, Mike, it's basically those two at the top. Blake Snell, I've seen him as low as plus 275 now as that third choice with his unbelievable stretch of form. How do you break down these top three as of today, July 27th? I mean, this is this is a mess of a Cy Young race. When you look at these top three, it is very easy to poke holes in all three of them. You've got Blake Snell, who's seven and eight. There's only been one pitcher who has ever won the Cy Young with a losing record. That was Eric Gagne, who was two and three as a closer in 2003 for the Dodgers. You look at the ERA from Spencer, Spencer Strider. He's sitting there with a three, seven in change ERA highest ERA to win the Cy Young since 2000s, 2001, Roger Clemens, he had 3.51 ERA. So we're talking about historically high ERA. And then you have Zach Gallion who look, this Diamondbacks team is in a wilder free fall than Will Levis in the NFL draft. I mean, they have <laughs> yeah. just fallen off the cliff of the earth here. They're three and seven in their last 10. They're four back of the Dodgers. If they fall at the face of the earth here, they're not going to, it's going to be hard to give Zach Gallion this award too. So for me, I have no interest in taking a shot at any of these top three. It's all about, can we find a price further down the list that makes any interest? And 
I'll make an argument here for Justin Steele of the Cubs. They're, he's 10 and three. He's got a sub three ERA. The strikeouts aren't there. That's the big knock on. He's only got 99 strikeouts for the year. Spencer Strider has 199 strikeouts uh, in comparison to that. So that's the issue with Justin Steele. But if he's able to continue to pitch well, and it stays in the NL. That's the other issue. He may not be a cub for very long, but I would rather take a shot at someone like him at 20 to one, or even Corbin Burns at 25 to one, 20 to one, that range where they could make a run here in the second half. And that's where there's more value than this top three that have a ton of question marks in my yeah, mind. And keep in mind too, like you mentioned the steel piece of this for the Cubs. We believe Marcus Stroman pitched his last game as a Cub yesterday uh, for the Cubs in that series against the Chicago White Sox. He's one of those more enticing longer shots at 25 to one. There is no way I'm touching Zach Gallon uh, at, at the moment, as much as I don't, you know, just to, you know, make, make Dustin feel great back there. He's been brutal the last three starts. This Diamondback team, it's now, they're now plus 110 to make the playoffs. And that even feels like a generous price for a team that was overachieving by every logical metric the first half of the year. Uh, last three starts now, 18 and a third innings pitch for Gallon, 11 earned runs, five homers, too, well, and, in that time. And Ben, here's the thing, guys. Like, you need him to be so dominant at home. And yesterday was a bad home start because he has a 497 road ERA. So that's going to catch up with him as well here. If the home ERA is going to go up and he's already a horrible road pitcher, Zach Gallon is not going to end up being in the mix for this, for this award. Looking at some other names on the board, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Burns there, Samich, because I've got a 40 to one ticket when he got off to a really bad start and he's kind of righted the ship. Some Ben would know better. He watches the Brewers almost night in and night out here. He's a big Milwaukee guy. Do you think Corbin, Corbin Burns has any chance of getting back into the mix here when he opened the season, I believe, is either number one or number two in this market? Yeah, there's an outside chance for sure. He's got to be about as good as he's been the last three starts, though, for the rest of the year because 20 innings, two earned runs, 29 Ks over his last three starts. He's looked like a guy who is uh, who is fully back to to the form that he was not there at, at all at the start of the year and back to a guy that uh, he looked like in you, know, you look at previous seasons and you know, it's an ERA down to 346 for Burns nine and six so far. So I could see it as, as an outside shot. I, I just think realistically, especially now that Logan Webb, who is fourth on the odds board guys totally blew up over the weekend, doesn't even get out of the second inning at a, a bad Washington team. I feel like he's pretty much drawing dead since he's been more of that sort of like that tortoise versus the hair, you know, rest of the other pitchers where he's not flashy whatsoever, but is just super consistent night in night out. I, I still feel like it's going to be Strider or Snell. One of those two that end up getting this award. It's as sexy. It is to look for a deeper shot. Burns is going to have to be absolutely perfect. And he, he just hasn't had the consistency this year to really make you believe, even though his last three starts, like you say, Dustin have just been absolutely amazing. So my question for both of you guys for Spencer Strider to win the award, he's going to need an insane amount of strikeouts. And he already has that, but he's going to have to be so far and away dominant strikeout wise that it's going to make up for the ERA. So the two questions I have is what's the strikeout number have to be. And what's the highest ERA he could win the award with. Hmm. Man, I, I would think you're talking about like that 300 to 320 strikeout range somewhere in there where you you have a three in front of it. The ERA number is interesting because here's the thing. Like you look at, at Zach Gallion, he's not leading the league in anything. And wins is really where his, his big movement is. Cause he's got 11 wins. He's tied with Strider for the lead there, but he's third in ERA third and whip ninth in strikeout. So, so not doesn't have that one stat that really propels him because of the other options, let's say Blake Snell, who apparently is on the trading block gets traded over to the AL. All right. He's out of the conversation. We talked about Logan Webb. He blew up. I don't think he's in the conversation. Then it becomes Zach Gallion and Spencer Strider. 
he could win it with a 370 ERA if he throws 320 and Zach Gallion also falls apart a little bit here. I wouldn't bet any of these guys right now. I think the best time to bet Strider and Snell was earlier in the season. Strider preseason Snell, uh, when you were getting that 30 to 40 to one type number. To me, this market's close to unbettable if you're not taking a price that's over that 15 to one number just because of the question marks up top. But I think 320. And a 370 RA might just win it if he wins 2021 games, which he should on this Braves team. And I, yeah. And everyone else kind of falls apart. And I and I hate to bring it up for Dustin because he sees all you know all the sexy long shots and Snell's look so good. C- can Snell really go another 69 innings, giving up just six third runs? No, not with over that 12 whip. starts. No, no. It, I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out, and maybe the market knows that there's a lot of people who did what Amal and I did and bet. Snell at the beginning of this hot streak and are waiting for longer numbers on Strider and Gallon to lock in an ROI of some sort. Maybe that's why there hasn't been as much movement up top. And maybe also the market is waiting for the trade deadline. If Blake Snell stays in the NL, maybe the other guys drop down a little bit. I don't know. There's, there's so much at stake here. I I'm hoping that one more guy we haven't mentioned yet can crawl back into the race. And that's a Logan Webb who I have at 18 to one. I was very bullish on his chances. And then again, what happened over the weekend? I mean, just freaking brutal. The thing I'll say on Strider though. So there are a lot of metrics that do support. He's really basically had what three, four blow up outings this year. Besides that, he's been really consistent and it's gotten very unfortunate and unlucky. I, I would argue with a lot of the, you know, the batted ball luck and he's giving up a home run to fly ball rate at 15%, which is insanely high batting average on balls in play almost three thirty. So if it were not for this ridiculous 14 and a half K per nine rate, Pete, you could argue he'd be having a much worse season and should be doing a lot better. So we sometimes talk about Strider just because of the couple blow up outings and because he's young, like he's this guy who's a ticking time bomb who's about to blow up in some way. But I look at him and see him. I, I don't, I don't really doubt there's an ability there guys to, for him to get back to like a 320 ERA by the time the season is over. All the numbers suggest that. And he had last year, his first year going over 130 innings pitched. So there's, there's really no reason for me to believe that Strider will fall off. And if I was picking one of the top three, I, I do believe it will be Strider who wins this thing. I mean, but like last night, not allowing that second run helps him get there. Then a couple starts ago, they leave him in an inning too long and he blows up a little bit. He's just susceptible to allowing runs. And I just think if things continue to play out the way they are, where he's got a more than uh, full run higher ERA than Blake Snell, you cannot give the award to a guy. The whole point of pitching is to allow less runs, the least amount of runs possible. If he's allowing one more run than Blake Snell, how is he the Cy Young pick over him? Well, it's going to be hard for him to lower that ERA too. He's got 123 innings pitched. So if he pitches, let's say 250 innings, he's going to have to go for like a, a two, five ERA just to, to sniff that 3.2 number. He's not going to throw a two, five ERA over the next 120 innings. So it's, it's going to be hard for him to really significantly lower that ERA. Right. And I, I just look at it from the flip side of like Blake Snell. Let's just say for argument sake that Snell stays in the NL where his expected ERA f- over a run higher than where he's currently at. Oh, we all agree that 69 innings, six certain runs, that stretch of a sub point eighty ERA is, is unsustainable. And unless like you're with a seven and eight record, Jacob DeGrom was what nine and nine Dustin when he won the Cy Young with like a two point, like two ERA or something on that. You're, you're going to have to put up just insane video game numbers. If you want that sort of record Snell is at to actually win this award. So that's my hang up. But you're totally right, Mike, that you can poke holes in all these candidates. I, I just believe we're, we're giving Strider a bit too hard of a time because of a couple of a blow up outings he's had this season. And again, those are the three though right now. Gallon plus 230, Strider plus 230, Snell plus 330. At DraftKings. Speaking of a potential Dark Horse Cy Young, Shohei Otani throwing a gem today in the AL. We'll transition, talk a little college football, though, up next on Sharp Money. 
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL betting guide is out now, and our college football guide drops next week. Get previews and predictions for every Division I team and conference, best bets on futures and season win totals, plus an in-depth breakdown of how you can use our betting splits and power rankings to make you a smarter better this season. Sign up before the end of July and receive both guides and full VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl at an early bird discount of $175 or sign up on a monthly subscription. Get your first 30 days for only $19 to see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Remember, this offer ends July 31st, so don't miss out on these preseason deals. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe to take advantage of these special offers and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Part of our college football continued previews include a conference that gets a lot of betting attention. You're in, you're out. Week in, week out once we get into the season. That is the SEC, and for that we go to the senior uh, national columnist for Saturday Down South. Connor O'Gara, kind enough to give us some time right now on Sharp Money right here on VEASAN. And you think about the SEC, Connor, it feels like just from my perspective, all these shows we've been doing in the buildup, Everybody's talking about Georgia, Alabama, LSU, the top three in the league. I want to get your take, though, on some of these teams a little bit further down the board that could potentially surprise, even with the gauntlet that always is playing an SEC schedule. Looking at the East, where after Georgia, there's a whole lot of uncertainty there. Who do you think potentially could be a dark horse to maybe not surpass what the elite of a Georgia team will do in that Eastern division, but could be really, really competitive overall in 23? Yeah, I think it's South Carolina, and I think that a lot of people are looking at South Carolina through the lens of that schedule, which is really, really difficult. Bookended the regular season with UNC. Everybody's going to be talking about Drake May. That game is going to be on college. That's college game day's week one matchup. Uh, And then to end the regular season with Clemson, which even though they got over the hump last year, it's still a really difficult game for South Carolina. And, oh, by the way, you also have Georgia on that schedule and a Tennessee team on the road that probably would like some revenge after last year. But, man, South Carolina just finds different ways to be able to overcome their weaknesses. And they have this unbelievable special team that everybody knows is Beamer ball, but they they have these different ways to be able to overcome that. And that's forcing turnovers, which nobody in the SEC has done better than them over the course of the last two years. They don't miss kicks. They have unbelievable punts. I mean, Spencer Rattler is coming back as one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC, and I think there's an expectation that they can take that next step. And even though that schedule is really daunting, they're one of those teams that you look at and you're like, well, I mean, they've won seven games as an outright underdog. They've won four times as a double-digit underdog over the course of the last two years, most notably, obviously, the Tennessee and Clemson games last year. So I think South Carolina is that team that can overcome a pretty pedestrian over-under regular season win total. Hey, Connor, thanks for joining us. You you mentioned Spencer Rattler there. We've also got Jalen Daniels coming back here for LSU, but we're losing quite a few quarterbacks here in the SEC. Georgia, no more Stetson Bennett. Alabama loses Bryce Young. Will Levis out of Kentucky. What does the quarterback picture look like in the SEC, and what are some names that we should keep on our radar? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty telling that I think Jaden Daniels being the first team all-SEC guy going into this year, uh, it does feel like we have a lot more questions than answers. I mean, there's 10, 10 of 14 SEC teams have new offensive coordinators, including two of the most experienced in KJ Jefferson, who I think is the best quarterback in the SEC, and Will Rogers. Both of them are, are going through pretty significant scheme changes, which that, that's going to be one of those things where, you know, maybe the casual fan might not know that because those aren't necessarily national programs, but. I think that's really significant. It could definitely impact their production. But the guy to keep an eye on is Devin Leary at Kentucky. Mm. Devin Leary is someone who entered last year as the preseason ACC player of the year at NC State. He gets hurt midseason pec injury, kind of an unprecedented surgery that Dr. James Andrews performed on him. 
And now he's at Kentucky where they brought back Liam Cohen, who's my personal doppelganger. He was with the Los Angeles Rams, and he ran that offense in 2021, which was their best offense in 14 years. And there's an expectation that Devin Leary is going to be better than Will Levis was. And even if he doesn't have the pro measurables that everybody talks about, there is an expectation that he can be a much better college quarterback. And if he finishes as an all-SEC guy, it would not surprise a lot of people. Talking with Connor O'Gara, senior national columnist for Saturday Down South right now on VEASAN Sharp Money. Give him a follow at CJ O'Gara, O-G-A-R-A. And you talk about uh, Kentucky, win total of seven right now. DraftKings minus 110. You mentioned South Carolina earlier. That is at six. The over is juiced at minus 130. The scheme change, though, I think for, for a lot of the betters doing their homework now, getting caught up to speed are the most fascinating to dive deep on. Though, because you look at a team like Mississippi State, who I saw the preseason poll, they're the last place pick out of the West Division with Will Rogers back at quarterback, but expected to be much more of a kind of a traditional handed off ground and pound offense than the area they had under the late Mike Leach's head coach. How do you expect that transition to go for a team that is not being very highly evaluated by a lot of the preseason predictions? Yeah, I think people are sleeping on Mississippi State. I think, I mean, think about this, like, how how rare is it that that a team that won nine games, finished in the AP top twenty five, coming out of the SEC, like returns their starting quarterback, who oh by the way might become the all time SEC passing leader in both touchdowns and passing yards? Like that could happen this season, and their preseason pick to finish last in the division. I mean the, the West SEC West is really good, but a lot of that is the scheme change and everything is different than the Mike Leach air raid. Everything feels like, Oh, it's air raid this, it's air raid that. But the Mike Leach air raid is truly one of one and it is going to be a transition. But I think those who are waiting to see what this is going to look like with Will Rogers, I think that they're probably underestimating how good he's been in the rare instances that he's thrown the ball deep. It's not a lack of physical ability. He can do that, but there are going to be things that are getting used to. I mean, they didn't have a tight end on the roster during the 2020s under Leach, and now they just added seven because that's what you have to do in order to execute this offense. Their tailback, Woody Marks, is somebody who just basically just caught passes out of the backfield, and now he's going to be used a little bit more of a traditional sense. They have the ability to be a prolific offense, and with Zach Garnett returning, as you know, he was their defensive coordinator, now obviously the head coach there. They have, sneak, they have some very sneaky potential, I think, and those that are assuming that they're just going to go back to the SEC West basement, I think they're kind of overlooking what this team returns. And when we're looking at this conference, we've got the Bulldogs sitting at minus 115 is your favorite. Uh, Alabama right now, plus 300, the second choice in the conference, LSU plus 450. In my mind, if you're going to try and find a way to beat Georgia, you have to look at the SEC West here because you, Georgia's most likely going to be in that conference title game. Do you think it's Alabama and LSU or think there's anyone else inside the conference that could jump up and win the West and take Georgia on in Atlanta next year? No, I think it's down to those two teams. I really don't like, look, I think a and M should be vastly improved. I mean, when you're five and seven, the only way to go is up. But at the same time, like a and M has never played for a conference championship in the 21st century. And I mean, that was they had Johnny Manziel for two years. And they couldn't even do that. So I think it's just so difficult to come out of the West and you need to be, a truly elite team. I mean, the the way that this breaks down with Alabama and LSU kind of having a little bit of this split consensus in terms of who's going to win the division this year, it, it speaks to how good those teams are expected to be. And even though there are questions about Alabama, it's like, all right, well, even at their worst, which was last year, they still finished fifth in the country. I mean, these people that are predicting Alabama to fall off the face of the earth, I think that's a bit much when they've played in two of the last three national championships. But there are fewer questions about LSU. There, there just are. And when you return Jade Daniels and 
oh, by the way, you bring back Mason Smith, who got hurt on that first series on the opening drive last year against Florida State, and then Harold Perkins, who might be the best defensive player in all of college football, there is an expectation that LSU is, is going to be in the playoff mix. But I'm just of the belief that betting against Alabama always feels dumb because usually when you sure. bet against them, like when they weren't picked to win the SEC the last three times, they've gone on to win the SEC and win a national championship. Well, they were just picked to not win the SEC. Who knows what's ahead for Alabama this year? Ten and a half on the win total juiced to the under. It's plus 150 if you want to bet Nick Saban in the Tide uh, over this year. While LSU coming at nine and a half, getting attention to the over that is juiced uh, minus 115. And the other team that I've noticed getting a lot of buzz, uh, Connor, as far as the win total market is Texas A&M, where they were open at seven and a half. Now bet up to eight and starting to uh, see a little interest even on those eights now for head coach Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. Even though you can still get that eight at DraftKings, uh, juiced at even uh, even money on the over right now. Where do you stand on the Aggies heading into this year? They should be an iron three team. They should be like if Bobby Petrino gets to run this offense, they have all the pieces in place. I think everybody has kind of forgotten. They punched LSU with a mouth in that regular season finale last year. I mean, LSU who has had playoff chances alive, went into college station against a four and seven team and got smacked. They modernized some of their concepts for that game. They're running more tempo, more RPO. That's going to be the expectation of what, what this offense is going to look like with Bobby Petrino. If he can actually run it, and if Jimbo Fisher isn't micromanaging everything, then there is a hope that they can make that big next step because they have all the pieces in place to be able to do it. They just need the right scheme. So I think that you, you, know, you look at the fact that even in these two years that they've been really bad, they smacked LSU last year. They've been extremely competitive with Alabama the last two years. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, if you've already shown you can do that, then you can kind of play with anyone. And, and while the five and seven mark doesn't really suggest that, I, I think you point to that and you point to the fact that they have the highest percentage of returning production of any SEC team. That's the great set Bill Connolly puts together every year. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of momentum for A&M, despite the fact that last year felt like it was very much a lost season. He is Connor O'Gara joining us from Saturday down South Cedar National Columnist does great work for them covering all things SEC. Connor, we really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for the insights. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. As we continue on today's edition of Sharp Money, uh, as we will we'll go to break here, Mike, that Shohei Otani guy, I've heard he's pretty good at baseball. Yeah, he's okay. He might win the AL MVP this year. Maybe. Just been only a minus 1,000 <laughs> uh, plus favorite right now. I'll tell you what Otani just pulled off on what is an otherwise very, very weak and light baseball slate today, but he did something that he had never done in his Major League Baseball career before until just now. We'll explain that next. Have a bunch of sound from around College Football Media Days as well to get to here on Sharp Money. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today, and new customers can bet $5 and get $150 in bonuses instantly. Use promo code VEASAN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Shohei Otani, breaking news. Good at baseball. Nine innings, one hit, no runs, three walks, eight strikeouts on 111 pitches. Dustin, I know uh, Patrick is on vacation in Detroit right now. He, he wouldn't have happened to have been at uh, Comerica Park today, would he? You know what? I should check in. There is a chance he po- he might have went. He like if you're, if you're living in Detroit, his mom, his mom is a big tiger. Right. Fan. If you're living in Detroit, it's a random Thursday in July and Otani's in town. Mike, I, you know, I feel like if it were me, if you weren't doing anything else, kind of obligated to go. And you almost saw a no hitter, gave up just one hit. First career complete game for Shohei Otani on the mound. Yeah. I feel like if you're yeah. in Detroit, there's no other activities to do the rest of the day. You get two for the price of one, too. You get the double header. Who, who doesn't want to watch two Tigers games in a single day? <laughs> By the way, guys, so the second game, I, I had the run line in this game. I'm just taking the Angels minus $1.26 and Sandoval on the bump. Matt Manning's been pretty good for Detroit, but I'm just going to roll that money over and just bet, bet it on the Angels here. I think maybe what we learned last night about this team going for it and keeping Otani, maybe there's some new life in this organization. Sure, enough of, enough of a boost uh, there. I will also say that uh, Matt Manning – in my top five uh, list, Mike, of pitchers, I, I believe are huge fade candidates down the stretch where you look at the numbers. I don't know how Manning has been Can't doing this. It it's, now, it's only been seven starts, right? So sometimes the, the smaller sample size will skew it, but has a 319 ERA with a 208 batting average on balls in play. I, I don't know how he has been pitching, getting by with smoke and mirrors. Three and one record so far, the 319 ERA. I expected ERA of over a run grader. Expected fielding independent pitching of almost 550. So totally understand that, Mike, why we're seeing some money coming in. I saw the Angels, the second game of the doubleheader. Market-wide, minus 120. I see, like, Caesars is the last 120 out there. This thing is starting to jump up 510 cents. I stared long and hard at minus 125 here. Sandoval as well been really good so far in his two starts, giving up one earn in each of them in July. I, I agree with Dustin's take here. When we close in on the trade deadline, and we'll talk about this later in some of the bets I've made today, I'm looking to fade teams that are selling. I'm looking to buy teams that are buying because you do get that emotional boost or that, that question in the clubhouse of whether or not you're going to be there in four days. So I like this Angels idea. I, I did not pull the trigger at minus 125, uh, but if I was going to bet this game, it would definitely be on the Angels. Quick question for you guys. Every time Matt Manning pitches, all I can think of is Empire Records and Rex Manning Day. Does anyone <laughs> else have that problem? 
Low key, that song though in that in that uh, movie where where Renee is it Renee Zellweger? Who is it? Who is the woman? She, it's not Renee. Zellweger. She looks like Renee Zellweger. She's like a carbon copy. The, you're right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, yeah, and she's in like dazed and confused. It's not. It's not her. That song's a banger. It's an absolute banger. <laughs> but yeah, Rex Manning. That's a good poll by you. Wow. We're, see, we're more immaculate grid guys. Not uh, you know, we all the actresses just start blending into one. Essentially, but I, I I do I I like that uh, that thought too. It's also funny that in game one of this doubleheader, Otani on the mound right after the news comes out that the Angels would not be dealing him at the deadline, and the market moved what fifteen cents against him on Michael Lorenzen of all people, and Angels win going away six nothing, uh, and ended up being about a dollar thirty consensus favorites there total way under the eight and a half after getting some play to the over. So yeah, here you go, and it, it now just becomes a question of like is this a this is cool for a, maybe a short burst blip, but how much longevity do we really expect? the Angels to get out of this now that they are going for it and uh, and are keeping their prized possession in a Shohei Otani. I'm sorry, Ben, to interrupt you. It was Renee Zellweger. I was oh, right. You got, oh, again, oh, again, I doubted my – yesterday I doubted myself on the show that Zach Gallon was originally a Cardinal prospect, and I ended yeah. up being right. I doubted myself on Renee Zellweger, and I was right on that. But I'm, I imagine, though, Samich – Ben has never probably seen Empire Records because it came out in 1995, and he was probably what five years old. I was old? Uh, I was younger than that. I was yeah. uh, I was like I was one. But I mean, I, it's one of those movies. It's one of those movies like I've seen clip. I, I've seen so many clips of, but never watched the whole thing. Because that's how that's movie. how people in my generation will now consume things. Prime Live Tyler. It's it's a it's worth watching. Yeah, Liv Tyler with Renee Zellweger. Story about a record store, which probably won't exist here in five <laughs> to ten years. Definitely definitely worthwhile watching. Uh, all right, let's talk about Shohei Otani. I'm going to be that guy. The angels are idiots. You got to trade him right now. He is 29 years old. You're going to sign him to a 10 year contract. You think he's gonna be able to pitch and hit for the next 10 years. Even with all the moves that they're going to try and make here at the trade deadline, they're not winning the world series. There may be a first round playoff team here. Even if everything goes well, You're, you have the opportunity to change your franchise for the next decade with the haul that you can get from this guy. The Dodgers were offering the farm up. And if you do go after it this year, you're also giving up your own prospects to do so. And maybe you have a 15 to 20% chance to resign them. To me, it makes absolutely no sense why they are not selling at this point. There's seven games back in the division. They're four games back in the wild card. You maybe get five years out of this 10 year contract where Shohei Otani is an elite player in baseball. And you could get so much for him right now. He is so valuable as an asset. If he walks after this season, this is a, astronomical mistake from this Angels franchise. It, I mean, it all seems ego-based from the owner, Artie Moreno, because every every report we've read, and, and the final report, which cracked me up, guys, was that the Angels were underwhelmed by the potential offers out there, which is basically to say the L.A. Dodgers were just always going to be a no-go for Artie Moreno because of his ego. He made it very clear. It has been known for some time. He, just, he despises that organization, did not want to trade Otani across town. So that was a pretty good offer that was out there. When you think about the haul that could have been could have been got for it, and I'm sure other teams looked at that and said, "All right, we can't pay that sort of ransom here." And so now you're left in the situation where the Angels on the betting market are six to one to make the playoffs. So that is what you risk now. And unless a deal is signed before the end of the year, which some sort of you know some some extension, which I don't see happening for Otani based on the current situation, I'm with you, Mike. This guy will be uh, he'll be probably in a big market, either New York or the other LA team, come next year. Yeah, I. I- Believe, I, I agree with both of you guys. This, this is one of the dumbest business sports business decisions we've ever seen in our lifetime. Like They're going to teach classes about this if he's somehow not an angel next year. The only way you do this, if you're Artie Moreno in this organization, is that you believe you have the inside track and a way to keep him in this organization. I don't believe they do. 
but maybe they believe they do. And if that's the case, the only way to justify this approach and holding on to him and not bringing assets in for the rebuild is I want you have to trade every single prospect and young piece on this team to make this roster so undeniably awesome down the stretch that you can overcome the teams in front of you and get into the wild card and make a push for a World Series run. It's asking a lot, but if you're going to do this approach, you can't sort of do it and just trade for Lucas Giolito. You're going to have to add some more pieces to this team because right now, as constructed, it is not enough. I loved Ronaldo Lopez well, in how, 2016, but yeah, you know, maybe not, maybe not in 2023, Mike. How many pieces do you need to add though? A lot. I mean, realistically speaking, at least one, maybe two more pitchers. You need one, maybe two more bats just to jump up into the wild card discussion. And if, if I'm Moreno, you know, what's a lot worse than trading him to the Dodgers, watching him sign with the Dodgers in the off season and getting absolutely nothing for it. So that ends up happening and then winning a world series with the players that you could have acquired in the show. Hey, trade. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is it's all, it's all ego. It's just like this, such a short-sighted uh, vision. And even you think about the rest of where that organization is at, they just had to DFA Jared Walsh, the first baseman who I'd loved a few years what ago. Happened? He's just I, he'd falling apart. I mean, he, he was an all-star. I think. He was, yeah. He was amazing. Yeah, I mean, look, to answer your question, Mike, uh, you can't run Mike Moustakis out there every day. I don't mind him coming <laughs> off the bench. You probably need a real first baseman. Uh, I don't know what Trey Cabbage is. You probably that's need a, a little bit. Uh, that's a vegetable, Dustin. <laughs> well, I, 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 what's a vegetable? <laughs> I know you definitely more, don't know what that is. I know right, more right? about Trey Cabbage <laughs> than I know about actual cabbage. Uh, you need a bullpen, <laughs> definitely two bullpen arms, maybe even a closer. I know Estevez has been pretty good, but like, you probably need another reliever as well. You're going to have to trade every single decent young player you have to make that happen. And maybe you can get lucky and package Anthony Rendon and get rid of that contract in one of those deals. Sure. I don't know. I mean, Troy Percival, Eric Ibar, David Eckstein, they aren't walking through that door. Adam Kennedy, soon. Brad yeah. Fulmer, Scott Spezio. You're, <laughs> you're not catching the, the Astros or the Rangers in your division. One of those two teams is winning it. So you have to win the wild card. That means you've got to pass the New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, and Toronto Blue Jays to get into the wild card race, and you're four and a half behind right now. That that's a tall task. Well, they they can pass the Yankees. The Yankees might be as big a dumpster fire as there is right now. I know I know they might get Aaron Judge back tomorrow, but the Yankees are not a team I trust at the moment. I think I think the Angels might actually be on the uptick compared to sure. where the Yankees are at. The Red Sox though are sneakily right in there, which is just. Absolutely yeah. flabbergasting. Well, the thing, too, that a lot of people look at is they go, okay, well, look at all those AL East teams. They have to play each other really hard, strength to schedule the rest of the way. The Angels have, at least based on their opposing win percentages, a top seven hardest strength of schedule still to go. Angels have series against Atlanta, two against Texas, two against the Rays, series against Baltimore, Houston, Toronto still on the slate. They only have two series left against uh, the Oakland A's, who they've, they've been able to beat up on early on in the season. So it's not like this is an Angels team that just gets to sit back and get a whole lot of cupcakes down the stretch either. It's it's a wild move to me. I, I really think their upside here is maybe the wild card round. I, there is no chance they're making a run to the World Series, and that's what I think it probably takes to keep Otani in a jersey. And also, how do we know how he's going to perform in October? I know he's amazing, but like, he's doing a lot of work. Could he finally like be tired at some point? 111 pitches today. <laughs> he doesn't get tired. Not bad. <laughs> Where, where's like Troy Gloss? I mean, you know, you got a, a lot of Tim Salmon, Garrett work. Anderson. Yeah. God, I miss John Lackey, Jared Washburn. I miss playing MVP baseball 2005. That Angels team in that game was so good. <laughs> we'll talk more baseball deadline with Scott Miller from the New York Times when we come back. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 